Hey everybody, welcome back to Live for Sports. My name is Nathan. Um, got a bit of an episode. I was, uh, I think, a little repetitive, I would say, because I've been only doing my NHL picks and my NBA picks, and I'm going to do that again this episode for each round, because what else? Um, I feel like I need to update it based on my losses, right? You know? Um, but I'm going to start in the MLB actually with my first topic once we get into it but um yeah no I'll I'll, I'll save it for after the intro so uh, let's get into it Simmons is this the dagger Starting in the MLB, first thing I want to get into is there was a bit of an interesting report this morning from Buster Olney of ESPN, and it stated that executives, league execs, think that the Nats might move on from Juan Soto, who's a top, I would say a top five player, and arguably top three player in in the sport of baseball, and the reason they would move them is because, well, one, they're not good. They are one of the worst teams in the league this year. I believe they're at 12 and 26 right now. And two, they can't figure out a contract extension because they did offer them in the offseason a 13-year, $350 million deal. And he declined it because he thinks he can't more money towards free agency, which I don't blame him. And his agent is Scott Boris. The guy knows how to get big contracts for his players. That is a huge contract, but... He think he, he can be like maybe the highest play bear, player in baseball. So he can't be a free agent until 2024, after 2024. So he's still got this year, and he's still got two more years after. So any trade now is going to cost a crazy amount of young players, roster players, prospects, whatever, right? To be honest, I don't really see a trade happening. At the de- by the deadline. I can't see it. I think the the trade deadline's August 2nd. I, I don't see it by then. I think I could see it by th- this offseason coming up. If they're really not close on deal and he doesn't want to sign, they, they'll say, let's move him, get our young pieces, keep going on this rebuild that we have right now. Because they need young players and prospects, right? To They need more of them rather than just one Soto to get this team really good again. And how are you going to do that? Well, they don't have a lot of good players right now to deal. So you trade one Soto, you get a shit ton of them, right? And it was reported that if he does become available in trades, that the Padres and the Blue Jays would be motivated suitors. Now, the Padre, I'm not really going to dive deep into the Padre situation and what they could offer, but apparently what I've heard is it would be C.J. Abrams, who's the club's number one prospect, shortstop, and when you get a shortstop back in return for a stud player like that as a number one prospect, you know you're getting somebody good. Shortstop's maybe one of the most important positions in the whole game of baseball, and if you get a really good one, you're you're going to be really good. 
And then also uh, young starter Mackenzie Gore. He was one of their top prospects, came in this year. Good rookie season start. He's got 217 ERA through six games, which five of them have been starts. He's apparently going back to the bullpen now, but that's a good package to start off, but it will take way more than that to get Juan Soto, I think. So as for the Blue Jays, this is where I'm going to dive into it more. Um, as a Blue Jays fan, yes, 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 please, I want Juan Soto. If you could have a core of Juan Soto, Vladdy, and Bo Bichette all locked up long-term, they're all around the same age. They might even be some of the same age. I'm not sure. I think Soto's 20, he's 23. Vladdy's, what, 22, 23 now? And Bo's like 24, something like that. Yes, just do that. Yes. You lock all, all three of those guys long-term, and you are set. Now, what it would take to get Juan Soto is the real question, because... I think the Nats could look and say, hey, we want your top prospect. We want a pitching, a good pitching prospect. And then we want some other prospect too. And maybe a roster player too. So I think a base starting point for the Blue Jays definitely is going to be Gabriel Moreno, their number one prospect, their catcher, who's supposed to come up this year. And I think that's got to be the starting point in the talks, right? I think you also, and the fact that Soto's an outfielder, Jays already have Springer, they already have Lourdes Gurriel, and they have Teoscar Hernandez, right? So those are already three good quality outfielders. So if you're going to trade for Juan Soto, you would think one of them's got to be going back the other way. Now, Springer is probably the best out of the three. I would Maybe Teoscar is, right? Springer is too old for the Nats, I feel like. He doesn't fit the timeline enough, and I just feel like they wouldn't be interested in bringing back some older veteran player, right? It'd probably be Teoscar Hernandez or Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Now, Teoscar Hernandez, he is currently 29, so kind of in the prime careers, prime years of his career right now, right? So I don't know if they even want him. Lourdes Gurriel is... 28 years old. So they're both already kind of in their prime. So personally, I think I would rather move off Lourdes Gurriel Jr. But if you'd give up Teoscar Hernandez, maybe it's like, okay, we don't have to give up as much now because Teoscar is the better player than Lourdes. In my eyes, I think everyone knows that. He's one of the most underrated players in baseball, I think. Maybe it's Jay's bias, but I, I don't know. I feel like he doesn't get talked enough in the Canadian market. So... Teoscar or Lourdes, which one goes? I think it's Teoscar. So I think you do Moreno. I think you do Teoscar. I think you throw in Kevin Biggio, some guy who was a good prospect. He's struggling to crack the team right now. He's down in the minors. I think you throw him there. Hopefully they can make something out of him down in Washington. I think, and for pitching prospects now, that's where it comes into play because you got probably have to do another pitching prospect and you probably have to do some other prospect that they want just to get one soto. That's what I would think. So if we look at the Jays prospects, as I pull this up here. Mm-hmm. Hurry up, please. Okay. So Gabriel Moreno, top prospect. Or Elvis Martinez, number two, shortstop third base. You have two... Th- Shortstop third base prospects. Um, and, and Jordan Groshans is there too. 
Otto Lopez, Leo Jimenez. They're all, none of them are really pitching prospects. So here's your pitching prospects. You got Ricky Tiedemann. You have Sam Roberts. You have CJ Van Eyck. Those are your top three pitching prospects. I would think they're going to say, hey, give us one of them, right? Maybe. Maybe they ask for somebody a little bit lower than that as your pitching prospect. And then maybe maybe they ask for, okay, we'll take Moreno from you. We'll take maybe Otto Lopez from you. I, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be two top five prospects and a pitching. And since the Jays don't have a pitching prospect, a pitching prospect along with it. Maybe two pitching prospects. It's going to take that much to get one Soto. Now, is it worth it? It really digs deep into your farm there, and you really need to find a way to rebuild that back up. But if you're getting a top five player in baseball in Juan Soto, top 10 for sure, maybe top five, maybe top three even, right? 100% you have to do this. It makes you better now and makes you better for the future in my eyes because he's only 23 years old. And you're going to sign him to what, some 13, 14-year contract? He's 23. It's going to take him to 36, 37. That's probably right as he's on the decline. I think he's going to be that good for that long. So, my final offer, offer, let's say, for it is Moreno. It is Lord Scurriel. It is Kevin Biggio. It is one of your top pitching prospects, probably. And if it's not a top pitching prospect, it's got to be probably one of your top non-pitching prospects, right? And then some other pitching prospect. So it will take a lot, maybe two pitching prospects even, like I said. 100% worth it, though. I would do it. Let's move on to the NHL now. So my bracket's busted. No surprise. I went six. I, I did go six for eight in the first round. I did try and, like I said, I went for the crazy picks. Um, didn't necessarily get all the games right in each series, but I did go six for eight teams wise. So I'm going to go my second round predictions now. And I'll start in the West because that side I got wrong. Those are the only two picks I got wrong from each side. So we have Colorado, St. Louis in round one. Colorado should win this series, right? They are the better team. All they need is to be healthy, which they are for the most part right now. And they have the more star power, better offense, probably the better defense. Goaltending, yeah, they uh, they have everything, right? They should win. And they probably should win in like four or five. But it's the second round Colorado Avalanche. They're 5-0 in the playoffs. They won yet last night. Swept Colorado. Uh, swept Nashville in the first round, played St. Louis, game one, beat them in overtime. They probably should win in four or five in this series. But I don't think they are because I think St. Louis is sneaky good. They put up like the third most goals in the league this year, surprisingly, because of St. Louis, they're always known as like a defensive powerhouse kind of team, right? And honestly, if you're looking at in terms of betting, St. Louis is a good pick. To bet on they're the they're the lowest they have the lowest odds because they're playing Colorado and if they can actually come out of the first round or the second round sorry odds are they could get to the finals I'm not picking St. Louis in the series I think Colorado should win I do think it's going to be a lot closer than what most people are saying I think it's going to be Colorado in seven games um I think just think at what point 
can the Avs not get past the second round? If they don't get past the second round this year, I think we got to start classifying them at them as like the new Washington Capitals, like the second, like the Western Conference West Washington Capitals. Because the thing with Washington is, as long as Ovi's been there, they could not get past the second round whatsoever. They would mostly get out of the first round and then they'd lose in the second round every time, or they'd be first round exits. The only time they've gotten out of the second round was 2018. That was the year they won the cup. Like, took them that long with Ovi. Ovi's been around since, what, 05, 06, something around that time frame. Took them that long just to get out of the first round. Sorry, second round. And if Colorado does the same here, I feel like we could start classifying them as the new Washington Capitals of the Western Conference. I think they're finally going to do it, though. I think the acquisitions they made at the deadline were too good. Lekkonen, sneaky good. Manson put up the OT winner last night. Even like, yeah, no. I just think this has to be their year. I don't trust St. Louis's goaltending, even though Bennington had a stellar game one last night. He put up 51 saves, I believe it was, in a loss. In overtime, too. But there was a couple saves, like Colorado in overtime too I didn't watch the first part of the game I watched the overtime there was a couple times where Colorado should have scored in overtime and Bennington kept the game going um so yeah I'm gonna say Colorado in seven and then we'll go down to Calgary Edmonton now this series Battle of Alberta right it should be really good but I don't think it's gonna be that good It'll be very emotional, a lot of hitting shit, right? All that stuff, right? My biggest issue with it is Calgary is far superior, the better team, in my opinion. They have the better defense, they have the all-around better offense up front, and they have the better goaltender in Marksham. Even even Vladar might be better than Mike Smith and Koskin. Smith has been solid, right? right? But I don't know if I trust a 39-year-old goaltender, is he now 40? I don't know if I trust that. So, and the fact that Dreisaitl is clearly not healthy. Something is up majorly, I would think, because he could play on it hurt if he wanted to, right? Probably would in the regular season. But if it's, it looks bad. Like, he can barely almost skate out there and it's, like, affecting his play style. You can clearly tell. So, I think with Dreisaitl being out and there being, like, Edmonton having the worst team in my eyes, I think Calgary is going to take this series in five games. Dreisaitl's had, like, three days to rest, sure. I don't know if that's enough time because it looks bad, his injury. Or four days, sorry, I guess, to rest. Um... I think Calgary is the better team, hands down. And I say Calgary in five because I think McDavid is able to just steal a game on his own. Usually it's a goaltender being able to steal a game. No, I think it's just Connor McDavid's going to be able to steal a game on his own, put up like four points and win a game for them. Um, And I could see him even stealing two. Maybe it goes to game six. I don't know, but I think it's going to be Flames in five. And I'm pretty confident in saying that because... 
just because of Drysaddle's injury. If Drysaddle was playing, I'd probably say this goes six or seven for sure. But or well, if Drysaddle's healthy and playing, but Drysaddle is not healthy. It clearly affected him in Game Seven. You could watch him. You could go back and watch it. There were so many times where he just could have shot or something like that, and instead he tried to make force a pass for whatever reason. And it's like, what do you, like? I wonder if he's got like a shoulder issue issue too or something, or like a wrist, you know? Because he should be shooting, but if it's if it's not if he's not shooting, it could be something upper body too. But definitely an ankle injury, like they think they've said. So. That's my reasoning. Uh, let's go to Battle of Florida now. Tampa versus Florida. Tampa took game one last night, 4-1. to one. I think Tampa is going to win this series in seven games. I'm going to stick by that prediction that I had because I got the whole Eastern Conference. I'm just going to reiterate my Eastern Conference picks because I got those right the last time. Um, I'm going to stick with Tampa in seven. I think Florida's going to put up a fight. I think Florida's better than they were last year. I think Tampa Tampa's a little bit worse than they actually were last year um, because they were $18 million over the cap limit last year in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I think Tampa's still the more proven team. I don't think Florida's really had their postseason heartbreaks yet to get past them. I think it takes like at least three two or three years to say, hey, we're ready to compete now or whatever. They've This is only their second year, of maybe, of heartbreak. I think it takes like two years at least for a team to go on that run, right? And I think this is the year that Tampa does again, goes to these finals, right? I'm sticking with my pick, Tampa in seven. Carolina, New York, on the, other, on the bottom half of it. Also going to stick with what I had right or well, I didn't have the series scores right in their round one matchups. I got the game. I got the teams right though. I said Carolina, and New York was going to be second round. I'm going to stick with my pick of Carolina and five. Even though I really don't want to, I think it's probably going to be Carolina and six. But something about New York just scares me. Like their five on five play, and Carolina's got a really good penalty kill. If Carolina's power play can get clicking again, this series should be over five. But I don't think it really will. So it's probably going to be six games. I'm going to stick my... I said last video, though, it was going to be Carolina 5, so I kind of have to stick by it. You know, I feel like it'd be bad to turn against it. So I would leave... Unfortunately, it would leave Colorado-Calgary, Tampa versus Carolina, three one-seeds one seeds in their division still left, which is not ideal, right? But I think it's going to happen. And... I don't know. Maybe I'll. I don't really want to go over the rest of the bracket, but I think if that happens, I'll just quickly say it's probably going to be Colorado Carolina finals. That's my pick, and I'm going to say Carolina wins in the finals because I picked them to be runner up to Minnesota, and now Minnesota's out. So I'm going to say Carolina's going to take it. Just you know, whatever. But I'm not going to go into much detail on that. I will do my picks when the next round starts, whatever, right? Flip over to the NBA now. Conference finals have started. I'm going to go over the predictions on that, and I'm going to hand out the new conference finals MVPs because they added those in for whatever reason. I'll start in the West. I'll go Mavs Warriors first. 
Actually, no, we'll go in the East because that game got played last night. So we got Celtics Heat. Um, Heat took game one off a massive run to start third quarter. I wasn't really watching, but... Now, everyone's been picking Boston, calling the Heat frauds or whatever. I don't get why people are calling the Heat the fraud frauds here. They are really damn good and, like, sneaky good, and they were one seed without Butler for the majority of the season, without Adebayo for a period of the season, without Lowry, without Hero. They all missed, like, 15 games plus, I think. So why is everyone sleeping on them? Because when they're all playing together, and even Lowry's not even playing right now, he's got a hamstring issue. If Lowry comes back, why can't they win? Um... I don't, uh, my pick, I'm sticking with it. I said Heat and 7. I think Heat and 7 is going to stick, even though they could win more. Um, for the Celtics, though, they really missed Market Smart last night. He didn't play with a foot sprain. It was clear they missed him. And then Al Horford went into the health and safety protocols. Doesn't sound like he's going to be available for Game 2 either. Um, clearly, they're missing him as well. They missed him as well last night. They don't really have the depth at center because Robert Williams is your other center and he's been playing with hurt knee the whole playoffs. So after that, it's like, who were you going to get minutes from at the big position, right? Daniel Tice? Mm, I don't know. They, they, they missed those guys last night. It was quite clear. Um, so I'm going to stick with my heat in seven. I think Jimmy Butler, it's going to just be a battle between Butler and Tatum, and I think probably whoever comes out on top of the series, I'm going to call them the better player, Butler or Tatum. But Jimmy put up a monster game last night, and I think if Heat are going to win, he's going to be the MVP of the conference finals. Go to the West now. Starts tonight. Golden State versus the Mavs, and we have so it's Luka versus the Juggernaut in Golden State. Man. I really, like, I'm cheering for the Mavs this series. I, I love Luka Doncic. I love his play. And I think he is now a top three player, just single-handedly based on that Sun series. He carried them in Game 7, and blew, they blew him out. Well, he didn't carry them, but because they did have uh, Spencer Dim when he go off, too. But it's Luke, it's Luka's team, right? I think I really am cheering for the Mavs. I I am. But it's Golden State we're talking about. I don't. I slept on them big time. I didn't think Curry was really going to be healthy. Curry's perfectly fine, right? I think Golden State's going to take this one in seven. I would not be surprised if Luka steals a game seven on the road again. I'm going to say Golden State is different than Phoenix, though. They've been there, right? They they've won three titles in four years. Still the same core of Clay, Curry, and Draymond. I think they're going back to the finals this year. I'll say seven games. I'm really cheering for Luka, though, in this series. And Steph Curry's going to win the conference finals MVP, probably, right? Um, in terms of... So, I'm going to... Of the finals, I'll say... So, it's Golden State versus Miami. I think Miami might win this series. I really do. If it is, does get there. I'm not going to go give a prediction or anything for it just because I'll wait till the finals actually come. Maybe get Bryce and Adam back on here for some episode about that. Something along the lines of that. Um, 
in terms of the teams that just got knocked out in round two, I want to. I'm just going to say f- what they kind of need to do in the offseason. So Phoenix, DeAndre Aiden doesn't seem like he's coming back to Phoenix. He wants a max contract. Phoenix doesn't think he's worth a max. He's an restricted free agent. I think there's going to be like a sign and trade, or he's going to sign somewhere else for the max. Somebody's going to give him a bag, right? If I'm them. I am signing, trading, Aiton, right? And I'm going to get another impact player. Preferably, I think you need another shot creator on that team because Chris Paul is not a number two shot creator on that team. Booker may not even... Booker's a number one, right? I think. But you need somebody else to play besides Booker. So I would go maybe look... (sighs) Would you go after Zach Levine? Because in a sign-in trade... But it, they have Vooch. It, uh, man, yeah, it gets tricky. There's not a lot of options out there. Maybe you look at a sign-and-trade for Bradley Beal. No. You need, really need, like, a wing player. Like, I would say Siakam, but I don't really want Aiton in Toronto, mostly because, yes, I do think we need a tra- traditional big. I think at, at one point we will need it. But Aiton... It's just too traditional. Like, we need somebody who can stretch the floor besides Scotty Barnes, I think. And I don't think Aiden can really do that. I would say Cat, but Cat's not going anywhere, I don't think, yet. So, they need to sign and trade Aiden, though. They need to go get another guy who can score the ball. I could even see them going for, hey, do we want to do sign and trade Aiden for Gobert, maybe? It's something to think about. Um, they really need another scorer, though. Maybe they go after, I would say a good fit, too, would be actually be Jeremy Grant. He's a good defender. He can score the ball. Like, he's proven that in Detroit's been a number one option. It's not, like, a high-end player that you're going to expect to get, right? But it's a fit. But Phoenix needs to go with another guy because Chris Paul is not your second option, and... You got to figure out something fast before Chris Paul retires, and then you are stuck with nothing and no rings to show for it. Um, as we go to Memphis, oof, run it back. Honestly, I just run it back. The core's still young. Maybe you just maybe you look to go get some other score beside Jaw. But even Desmond Bain looks like he can be that guy. Jackson looks like he could be that guy. I don't think there's much they need to do. I would honestly just run it back. And core's still young. It's going to get better. Could be a really good team in a few in a year or two. So I would honestly just run it back. I don't think there's much improvement at the, that Memphis needs to make. I think it's just all about them developing. Then we go to the Milwaukee Bucks. Hmm. I think they need another scorer on that team as well. Even though Middleton and Drew Holiday are very good. I wouldn't mind them going to get somebody else too, if it's possible, if they have the money. Like another guard to play beside Drew. Um, I don't know where they're going to get that money from or like who they would be able to get. But if they could, I think it would help Giannis a lot. Um, they really missed Middleton in that series. I think it was obvious because Giannis was doing all the heavy lifting and 
didn't have a, and Drew was putting up some decent numbers too, but other than that, nobody was scoring on that team. So I think they need to have a little bit more scoring help if they can go find it somewhere in the offseason. And then we have the the Celtics. Nope, Celtics play the Nets. No, Celtics play the Bucks. <laughs> Heat played the Sixers. Right, okay. Don't give James Harden a max contract this offseason if you're the Sixers. He is not worth it. I don't even think he's a top 20 player in the NBA anymore, maybe. I definitely think there's so many other guys better than him. He's clearly regressed. He's clearly not the scoring James Harden we all thought he was back in Houston anymore. And if you give him a max deal, he's going to be paying like a guy for like five more years, 200 million rate. He's going to be getting like 60 million in his last season. That's going to turn into maybe like a Russell Westbrook contract, maybe like one of the worst contracts in the NBA. It ain't worth it. I don't think to go get him or to re-sign him that he's probably going to want it. I wouldn't give it to him. I don't think they want to give it to him either. I would, I don't know where Harden's going to go. He's going to opt into his player option, I would think. But other than that, you can't really trade him either. I don't think anyone's going to, his interest is going to, trade interest is going to be that good and I don't think Maury's going to actually trade the guy he just rated Ben Simmons and Curry and Drummond for right like I don't think it's going to happen you definitely got to figure something out I'd maybe move off to buy Saris you got to clear up some money I'd go after another star like guard or something to play beside uh and be well you have Mac Maxie looks like a future all-star to be honest after that Raptor series. If you can get find a way to build around Maxi and Bede, and then you bring in some three or four to play beside them, that's, I think, what they need to do. I don't think they're going to be able to find that. That should be the goal, though. And, yeah. I think that is going to conclude this episode. Um, I don't think I got really much more to talk about. But, um, yeah, it was really tough to see my two finals picks in the Suns and the Bucks go out in round and the same day, too. Keep in mind. So, um, yeah, I think I'll wrap it up. So, um, got this far. Thanks for listening. See you in the next episode. Peace out.